0: Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America NA, member FDIC.
1: Pour yourself a cold one. strike them, huh? And listen to Ross Tucker break
0: down the top college prospects on another tasty edition of the College Draft. Yeah, it's Daddy Soda Time here on the College Draft podcast, presented, of course, by DraftKings. I'm Ross Tucker, former NFL offensive lineman, Five teams, seven years, now a bunch of podcasts, including this one, which I absolutely love as we continue the series where we are breaking down every draft choice for every team, which also, if we're being honest, is sort of a breakdown of the teams themselves as well from our perspective. You can check me out on social media at Ross Tucker NFL, we are at Ross Tucker Pod, and as a reminder, you can also always check out our other shows. We had an awesome Ross Tucker football podcast this morning with Adam Rank and Greg Gabriel breaking down the Chicago Bears, really breaking down Justin Fields and what they're putting around him or not. We'll get into the NFC North in a couple of weeks here on the College Draft Podcast today it is the AFC South with my guy Emery hunt the man with the plan behind football game plan wow bro Emery I just did off the, I just made that up We're all I, Scott that be,
1: dude
0: <laughs> that could be like that could be like a tag a uh, 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 a catchphrase for you the man with the plan behind football game plan I love it he's at F uh, ball game plan on Twitter football game plan. On YouTube, footballgameplan.com slash 2022 draft guide is where you can still get all of the juicy breakdowns, evaluations, nuggets of all of the guys that your team signed as undrafted free agents, which we will get into today. Today, we are talking AFC South and their draft choices, not just draft choices. We actually talk about undrafted free agents. Emery's the only guy that does that because he knows them all, unlike everybody else. And we'll start, Emery, with the Houston Texans. We always go alphabetical order. Houston Texans had a very interesting draft where I think you could argue, even in the first round, Emery, that they took a couple guys higher than I think most people thought they would go. Uh, Let's start with Derek Stingley. The defensive back from LSU, who only played 10 games the last couple of years, a little bit inconsistent, had some injury issues, they took him as the number one corner off the board at number three.
1: And that's the thing. They took guys higher than expected, but they took two really good football players. Uh, and you talk about Stingley. He was someone, to me, that just was excellent on tape. Ball skills and instincts. I'm always a big fan of those that that, that, are, that are able to have that uh, out there in the secondary and he is one of the best ones in the country in doing so dealt with injury. So I feel like that can be uh, explained for what we saw this past season, but don't get me wrong. He is still a top tier cover guy that can mirror match that can move across the the secondary in terms of, Hey, our number one guy, you want to move him in a slot. Okay. Singley can do that as well. You want to play him on the outside You do that as well. You want to put him off the line of scrimmage and put him in motion. He can do that as well. So I like his versatility. I think he's going to a great situation in Houston playing for Lovey Smith.
0: So um I had a I don't know if you agree or not. I know you were really high on Kair Elam from Florida, but I did have a scout tell me that they thought Stingley was the only true shutdown corner in this draft, you know, like lockdown, one on one, man to man corner, which I thought was interesting, you know, because Up until a day or two before the draft, it felt like it was all about Sauce Gardner. And yet this scout said, I don't know that Sauce has that type of movement ability
1: that Stingley has. And Stingley was my number one field corner. Elon was my number one boundary corner. And I'm looking at my notes here and what I have uh, as far as his, you know, man skills, 95. His excellent all-around game for the position. He can play any type of technique you want. Um, patience when he's asked to press. He doesn't eagerly try to shoot his hands. And so, for me, I agree a lot with what, what that scout said, and we see it the same way, and his awareness is, is off the charts. And, again, when you have the ability to catch the football as equally as the receiver, you're a problem. There were uh, you know, thoughts throughout the course of the summer leading up to the 2021 season that LSU was going to use him on both sides of the ball. And so that speaks volumes of what he can do as a guy that can you know play the ball. When you put that in the secondary, that's what makes you a lockdown corner. It's not your technique, it's not how well you stay in phases. Man, if I throw the ball his way, he got just as good of a chance to catch it as my receiver. I'm not throwing his way.
0: Curious to get your opinion on Kenyon Green. You know, um, I guess I thought he'd end up going in the 20s, Emery. And the thing that's interesting to me about Kenyon Green is you see Jordan Davis go at 13, you know, the Georgia D lineman of the Eagles. You see Kyle Hamilton at 14. You're talking about guys that you feel like are top 10 type picks. And then at 15, it's Kenyon Green, who you thought was more of a guy in the 20s. Uh, obviously, the Texans must have really, really liked him because there were still some other good players. It just felt like there was a pretty decent drop off from going from Kyle Hamilton to
1: Kenyon Green. And he was my number two guard. Um, and I love the versatility. You know, this is someone that can play guard or tackle equally as effective. Um, very good athlete. Plug and play guy. I'm pretty sure he's slated to start up front for them. So I thought they got a, a really good player. I thought someone like Dallas were going to target someone like Kenyon and Green. And, and maybe that's why they had to come out and say what they said about the guy they chose and, and Tyler Smith uh, from Tulsa. Like, hey, oh, yeah, we had him as our highest rated player at the position, despite everyone that went ahead of him, we know they had their eyes set on Kenyon Green. I, I thought, I was shocked to see him not go as high, uh, but I was also shocked to see that for Zion Johnson and also Kenyon Green, probably selfishly because I had these guys highly rated. Uh, but I, I think this is this was a, a really good, strong home run pick uh, for, for the Texans here.
0: Their second round picks... Uh, a DB from Baylor, Jalen Petrie, and a wide
1: receiver from Alabama, John Mechie. Let me find out the Texans purchased the football game plan 2022 draft guide, right? <laughs> Jalen Petrie is my number two combo safety. This dude has elite speed. We That is a given. You know, I gave him a 95 for speed because his play speed is just as fast, if not faster, than his time speed. Which was like in the four low four threes, high four twos, or something like that. So he can eliminate angles. He shrinks space coming downhill. He's a very good tackler uh in space and in the alley. And he really does a great job in getting from point A to point B. He sees it and goes. He doesn't wait. He's not gonna, you know, pussyfoot around and, and you know, need to see something else again to confirm. He's trusting what he's seeing and he's going to get it. And I think that type of playmaking ability yields itself to a guy that's gonna find his way around the football a lot in the secondary. And then what about Mechie? Mechie is, if if he hadn't gotten hurt, Mechie was someone that, you know, he he had really good game. was also a CFL prospect as, as well. So, you know, I I love those little nuggets, but Mechie was my number five split in. I think he could play anywhere across the, the So He could play slot, You play inside receiver, you play split or flanker. So for me, uh, you're getting a versatile piece. You're getting a productive guy, um, someone that also has a great sense of timing that's not afraid to make the play when the play has to be made. So, again, you look at Houston, so far we're, what, four picks in. It's like, man, they're making some really good selections. They're strengthening the roster with good football players.
0: Yeah, they certainly like the SEC, LSU, A and Bama. Then the next two picks are SEC guys: third round Christian Harris, the linebacker from Alabama; fourth round, Damian Pierce, the
1: running back from Florida. Christian Harris is uh, my number two outside linebacker in terms of off-ball linebacker. So it's my number two outside linebacker. I have him as a weak side backer, but again, explosive acceleration and burst. Um, close as well, was a productive player for Alabama. I know a lot of people were talking about Will Anderson, but Christian Harris was equally as productive to me. Um, not, not in terms of sacking the quarterback, but also in terms of just making plays. So I feel like when you look at what they lost and what they're bringing in, he's probably going to be that inside linebacker in their three, four, or it could be a weak sidebacker, ideally in that, um, their four or three. They're getting exactly what fits that defense. So not only are you targeting good players, you're targeting good fits for your defense, and Harris, to me, is a good one. Yes, they probably did buy the football game plan draft guy.
0: <laughs> Damian Pierce,
1: Emery, um, you're a running back guy. What did you think of Pierce? You know, this is the one question I had because we saw who was still on the board and, you know, your guy was high on, J. Sean Corbin, I thought, um, you know, he was a top back, in my opinion, uh, and he went undrafted. So I felt like Pierce would have been a, I mean, he would have been a great fit here. Uh, but Pierce to me seems like you're more of your RB two or three. So now you wonder what does that mean for Rex Burkhead? Uh, we got Marlon Mack there starting at, at tailback. So they have, you know, I feel like they already have him on the roster with someone like a Darryl um, you know, who has been there for a minute. It was, it was a good back coming out of Wisconsin, but I just feel like, Going into the fourth round, they got someone that probably is going to replace one of those two guys, but he's really a glorified RB2 or RB3. I will say this about Pierce, though. He does have a nose for the end zone. Let's get to the last three guys.
0: Thomas Booker, a D-tackle from Stanford. Tegan Quatoriano, a tight end from Oregon State. And Austin Deculus, an O-lineman from
1: LSU. I love the Deculus and Quatoriano picks. Um, both guys were excellent at the Shrine game. Uh, Deculus is someone that has seen it all, done it all, very good tackle. Um, can play either tackle spot, but I think he's a, a solid, rock solid guy on the right side. Quitoriano when I talked to him at the Shrine game, was like, hey man, um, I know I did a lot of blocking at Oregon State, but I'm here to show people I can catch the football. And he went out that day uh, in practice and had a really good workout uh, catching the football. And I think he is someone that's Going to be an underrated piece to the puzzle here. It has a way to make, you know, the roster in terms of, okay, he could be our inline guy, but also has some potential down the road as a receiver. Undrafted guys, they got my number four tackle in Myron Cunningham out of Arkansas. Very good player. You know, just has to stay locked in for the full game. I feel like his technique gets a little bit lax, and he gives up some plays, but he's a really good player. Uh, Drew Estrada, the receiver from Baylor, but he was a star at uh, Dartmouth. And he is someone, when you watch him, you're like, man, this dude just got pro game. He's just confident in his route running, confident in his hands, uh, understands the game of football from a – like as he's almost like an extension of the receiver coach out there on the field and how he's getting open, where his landmarks are, how he's hitting those things. Um, so I think he has a really good shot to make the team. And Tristan McCollum, the safety defensive back from Sam Houston, his brother, Zion McCollum, is a draft pick of the Bucks but Tristan is someone that's very good in his own right. He fits in the mold of what they already had back there, and MJ Stewart um, and also someone like uh, Tremont Smith who could play corner or safety. But I would keep an eye on McCollum because of his, vers- his versatility. Uh, they just let go Lonnie Johnson or traded him away to Kansas City. He could be similar to that guy uh, that they had because he, again, can play corner or safety. I think he's a, a more of a strong safety uh, with coverage skills, which still makes him very valuable here uh, for I love you, Smith.
0: Looking at the Indianapolis Colts, they're the next team up. Their first couple picks, a couple of weapons. They didn't have a first-round pick because of the Wentz trade with the Eagles, but they get Alec Pierce in the second round, the wide receiver from Cincinnati, and
1: then the third round, Jelani Woods, the tight end from Virginia. Yeah, Pierce was my number three inside wide receiver. So a very big fan of his game. Um confident hands. you know, does a really good job of getting open, underrated speed to where he can accelerate and close on the ball. Uh Woods is a is an interesting pick because you think about a team that has Moaley Cox and Colin Grayson, Granson, who he drafted last year out of SMU. You bring in Woods and Ogletree, the, the sixth round pick from Youngstown State, two tall athletic tight ends. Um but you want to see that project on the field. Woods is someone that garnered a lot of steam and buzz throughout the all-star game circuit at the shrine game and did a really good job in that regard. Uh, but just want to see the consistency. Sometimes guys that are that tall tends to play tall and you kind of want him to get his pad level down a little bit, but a really good target. Like I said, they drafted two tight ends. Um, Ogletree had a really good hula bowl uh, and was fantastic for Youngstown State. And, uh, you know, another one that, that, plays a lot like Bo Alley-Cox, who they already have. So I was more interested in why they chose to double down on tight end, um, especially when you have two young options already that are really good, unless that's something like we talked about with Baltimore. Maybe that's the direction they probably want to go in uh, this season with their offense.
0: So they had two more third-round picks. They had three third-round picks. Um, The offensive tackle from Central Michigan, Bernhard Raymond, they took with pick seventy-seven, and then Nick Cross, the safety from Maryland. Looking at their depth chart right now, they could really use Raymond. You know, being a, uh, a a a surprise rookie stalwart, I think they right now it looks like they have Matt Pryor at left tackle. But I think the thought was that Raymond still needs a little bit of work, right, because of the transition,
1: right? And it's more of an upside pick, which is why I thought. You know he would have been a sneaky first round pick for a team like New Orleans, right? That have taken chances on athletic guys and and uh putting them out there and letting those guys figure it out. But you're right, if he can how quickly he comes up to speed could determine whether or not he's going to be starting, and, and that's a big thing because you got Matt Ryan back there who's up in age, so he's not going to be apt to really want to get out the way if, if pressure is coming. So I understand going with prior to start, but Raymond because of his athleticism, because of the growth. But I, I know a lot of people had questions about the age, but, man, we've seen Lyman play for a long time, and, and he's still a neo fight in terms of what he can do at that position. What do you think about Nick Cross, the safety for Maryland? I think he's more, to, to be completely honest, I think he's more of a, a you know reserve safety combo guy, probably better um, as a run defender, may end up even being some sort of a nickel backer uh, in terms of, giving you strong run support but also has some ability in zone he's more of a half field safety in my opinion um so i feel like he's more of where they're gonna expect him to be you know reserve third safety sort of that that linebacker that can help you stay strong and run support but don't make you a liability out there in coverage
0: and then you already kind of touched on ogletree the tight end from youngstown state the other picks they took Eric Johnson, a D tackle from Missouri State in the fifth round. Curtis Brooks, a D tackle from Cincinnati in the sixth round. And Rodney Thomas, a DB from Yale and Pittsburgh Central Catholic in the seventh round.
1: Love all three of those picks. Curtis Brooks was my number one defensive tackle in terms of three tech, right? So he is someone that I thought watching this tape, he was like, man, why is why isn't anyone talking about Brooks? He's you know consistent with his hands. He understands where the ball is, not just trying to fly in the backfield and just you know be disruptive for the sake of being disruptive. He has good awareness and is able to get there and make the play. Johnson is is a high upside player because when I say he was dominant at the NFL PA game, he was whipping offensive linemen consistently all throughout the practice, not just in one-on-ones where it's heavily slated toward slanted toward the defense. In team drills, so it's like, man, he can't block this dude. He got the call up to the senior bowl. It was excellent there. So he was, you know, making the right uh, – he's on the right trajectory uh, because of the postgame all-star circus. I'm excited about him. Uh, well coached down at Missouri State. And Rodney Thomas, you know, very good athlete. Could be a, a sandbacker, can be a free safety, can be a strong safety. He has good instincts and ball skills. Um, still, you know, growing in the position. But this is something that you see the Colts do. And now, you know, now that he has moved on to the New York Giants, but, you know, Mike DeRice, their they're outstanding scout in Northeast guy that has done a fantastic job acquiring talent and, and making the case for these guys coming from these underrated programs like Isaiah Rogers, um, that was his guy coming out of UMass. Thomas was another one of his guys, and I'm glad to see him get drafted because I know Thomas, uh, because of his height and length, can be what we talked about, Nick Cross being that third safety sort of nickel backer, keeping you you know sound versus a run, but also solid in coverage. Any undrafted guys, Emery? Uh, you, yeah, you look at uh, CJ Verdell and Devontae Price, two excellent running backs. You know, Price out of FIU, I thought he was going to get drafted, and Verdell, we understand why he went undrafted is mostly because he's been banged up. But both guys are excellent backs, and they have their work cut out for them, especially with now Philip Lindsay being signed. Um, can one of those guys make the practice squad or, or the roster? Uh, we'll see. But I thought those two were really good um, You know, undrafted rookie free agents. And just looking at some other players, Dallas Flowers, shocked that he went undrafted out of Pittsburgh State. Um, the Gorillas, fantastic nickname. Excellent returnman. He's a returnman. He's a corner. He had a really good week at the Shrine game. Um, and, some, and his age, I, I believe he's going to be 25 years old because he started his career at Grandview, uh, which is an NAIA program, fan, uh, a stout NAIA program, probably the best one out there in in Iowa, started there and then transferred up to Pittsburgh State and was an All-American there as well. So I feel like he is someone that uh, gives him a long athletic corner and he proved at the Shrine game that he could handle the step up in competition. The Jacksonville
0: Jaguars are up next. Uh, I think we've talked a decent amount about their first two picks. Trayvon Walker, who probably went higher than some people thought. The Dan from Georgia and Devin Lloyd, the linebacker from Utah, that probably ended up going lower than people thought.
1: They talk about improving their linebacking core because they got those two guys, right? We know Trayvon Walker, they're going to use him as an outside linebacker, which I guess, okay, you you know, we'll see. I'll reserve judgment to see how that's going to work out in terms of Having him do something that, you know, he didn't par- particularly do in college, uh, why not just have him as a defensive end unless you plan to play a 4-3, but I mean a 3-4? So we'll see, but talk about improving your second level with Devin Lloyd, you know, Trayvon Walker, and your third round pick, Chad Muma, who I really like. Long, athletic, and can run. Um, so you got those three guys and you bring in, uh, you know, uh, the free agent signing, Foye Oluokun from Atlanta. Man, you talk about Uh, a really good linebacking core that goes with Josh Allen, who's more of your rusher. I like what Jacksonville did there. Uh, Both Lloyd Walker and Mooma, I think can make significant impacts in year one uh, with Lloyd and Walker slated to start. And Mooma is going to see time a lot, I believe.
0: I thought that was interesting as well, that they doubled up on linebackers after they had signed Foye, Aluokun. Really interesting. All right. What about Fortner, the center from Kentucky in the third
1: round? Solid player, man. They're expecting him to start. They took him in the third round. Um, I'm pulling out my notes here. He was my number nine center. And a big fan of his movement skills. He's capable capable of getting out on long pulls and screens with ease. So when you think about the athleticism and you think about Doug Peterson, you think about what he loves to do with the athletic quarterback that he has in Trevor Lawrence, you can see the vision here. They're going to do some creative things and maybe he could be uh, the Jaguars version of Travis or uh, uh, Jason Kelsey and what they, what he was able to do up front for a long time with the Eagles uh, under Doug Peterson. So I'll still you know wait and see if that's going to be the case. I'm not saying he's going to be Kelsey, but you know, you see the vision of the athletic center, a guy that can open up your playbook along with an athletic quarterback. So I, I love that pick from uh, what I've seen before under Peterson and Kind of seeing why they chose Fortner over other centers.
0: Last three picks: Snoop Connor, running back, Ole Miss, in the fifth round; sixth round, Gregory Junior, a corner from Wachita Baptist, and then seventh round, Monterick Brown, a cornerback from
1: Arkansas. Was shocked that uh, Greg Junior, um, you know, went this far. He he had a fantastic NFLPA game and also Senior Bowl. And me being from that area of the country. It's Washita Baptist.
0: Oh, Washita. That's right. Yeah, That's right. It's, That's right. It's spelled O cheetah. Washita, yeah. Washita. Yeah. That's right. Washita Baptist. Yeah.
1: And, and um, very good conference, too, by the way, the GAC. Um Snoop Connor is going to be a better pro than he was. A collegian has great burst, great explosiveness, but going to a crowded backfield now. You know, you got a, the free first round pick from last year, Travis Etienne, along with James Robinson. But I do like uh both Gregory Junior. and also um, uh, Snoop Conner, undrafted free agent. They got a gem and Garrett Prince out of UAB. We talked about him a lot on this show. Tight uh, end that can, you know, he's kind of like Travis Kelsey in terms of how how much sauce he has in his route running. Um, I, I like him. I think he has a chance to really uh, shock some people in training camp.
0: Um, let's move on. Last but not least, it's the Tennessee Titans who. It's really interesting. Their first-round pick, Traylon Burks. Um, I, guess, I don't know what his issue is, Emory, but it seems like he's been
1: unable to finish a lot of practices so far in OTAs. I want to say his asthma. Um, he has asthma because uh, some people are oh he's not used to the heat. Like, bro, he played at Arkansas. It is like a billion degrees down there in Arkansas doing the summer and football season. But I feel like um, his asthma was acting up. And it's funny because my comp for him was – A.J. Brown. So they trade A.J. Brown. They draft A.J. Brown light in um, Traylon Burke. So I like the fit there. Uh, And in the second round pick, we, we talked about him a lot on this show. Roger McQuarrie out of Auburn covered every big receiver that everyone talked about all draft cycle. And he had them had their worst game against him. Why no one is talking about him as a top tier corner? They got him in the second round. Now I like the little young c- corner combo uh because he got Farley last year. You hope he can stay healthy. Molding as well last year in the third round, and Christian Fulton two years ago. Now you have McQuery. so I love what they're they're doing in the secondary with their first two picks.
0: Round three: uh, Nicholas Petit Freer and Malik Willis.
1: Petit Freer is someone that we uh, coming into the season, everybody you know thought was a first round pick. They get him in round three. Swing guy, I believe, but definitely provides good quality depth. Malik Willis is their quarterback of the future. Um, There's really no competition for him at at QB2. It'll be interesting to see how quickly he can elevate to QB1 because if Ryan Tannehill starts this season, how he finished last season, and now he's in his own head because Willis was a third-round pick, not a first-round pick, so it's not immediate pressure, but he can create pressure based off how he's going to play. And we know the preseason is tailor-made for a guy like Malik Willis to have at least 20 wild plays. And now that's going to be in the fan's head. Anytime Ryan Tannehill throws an incompletion, let alone an interception fans are going to start to, you know, quietly wonder when Willis is going to play. I think Willis should probably sit and, and take his time and go in next season uh, as the starter. But this year he's going to put a lot of pressure on Ryan Tannehill.
0: Interesting. Really interesting. Um, uh, you're right about that with the preseason. What about Emory, uh, some of their next picks, the fourth round running back Hassan Haskins from Michigan and Okonkwo, the tight end from Maryland?
1: I was shocked that Haskins was that size. Uh, you know, you watch Michigan, you don't think he's a big guy, but he's a big, strong runner, and it kind of fits with what Tennessee wants to do in the backfield. You have, you know, Megatron of the running back position, Optimus Prime, you know, uh, the, the, I forgot what the, the 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 toy was or the the cartoon character you know Crane. Remember in Ninja Turtles? He used to go inside that big body. That's where <laughs> Henry is. Um, but you you sub him out. You bring in a guy in Haskins that is a good power runner, runs behind his pass, and keep an eye on undrafted rookie free agent Julius Chestnut, who's cut from the same cloth as Haskins. It was a big pocket muscle. Had a really good week of work at the NFL PA game as as well, and also the Hula Bowl Sacred Heart running back tore up the NEC, and when you think about uh, Chig Okonkwo, he is the Jonu Smith. My him was Jonu Smith. He's going to make a significant impact as a rookie, uh, paired up perfectly with Austin Hooper. Chig has a great rapport with uh, Malik Willis, so again, going into the preseason, those wild plays, expect to see Chig get a lot of it. He's more slated, more likely to get in and play right away uh, as, uh, as opposed to Malik Willis, but I'm a big fan of the fit the athleticism and the route running ability of, of him, I think he is the new John o. Smith Smith uh, for Tennessee.
0: Round five, Kyle Phillips, wide receiver, UCLA. Round six, Theo Jackson, a corner from Tennessee. Round six again, Chance Campbell, linebacker from Ole Miss.
1: Campbell is 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 someone that that was intriguing because he's a run and chase guy. He's going to be a core special teamer, I believe. Um, really good player, good open field tackler. Uh, but more of a core special teamer and Phillips is someone that's solid that that's that receiving core has to really, you know, make something happen. You trade AJ Brown. So there's a room for these guys to make something happen. Des Fitzpatrick, they drafted last year. They're going to need him to step up big uh, undrafted rookie free agent. If he can stay healthy, Reggie Roberson, Jr. Um, from SMU was a big time talent, but had those knee injuries and let's hope he can you know, stay healthy and really, uh, you know, make a dent in his roster. Because again, there's a chance for someone like Robeson Phillips to to really crack that depth chart and just to you know tie up the an undrafted free agent for you, Andrew Rupchick out of Culver Stockton. Bro, listen in my notes, I, this dude he had to be the greatest offensive tackle prospect or offensive lineman in NAIA history. It didn't even it was not funny how dominant the dude was on film. When I say it was like. You know, we talk. we joke about Andy Reid and the, the punt pass and t- kick competition. How <laughs> that was him out there is like legitimately just throwing guys all over the place. So when I got to watch him live at the NFL PA bowl, he held up against FBS competition. So he is someone that's gonna be a developmental player, but he was arguably he's a four-time All-American, four-time offensive lineman of the year, the best NAIA tackle prospect. I think he has a great chance to make the roster. And one more I would say very shocked that he didn't go in the draft, but Jalen McKenzie, I feel, feel like his regiment, Raleigh McKenzie's son out of USC, the great O-lineman, great scout, um, the blocking McKenzie brothers, uh, he is he is really good, man, and one of the better tackle prospects to come in the class. So I thought they got a free tackle prospect. I have him a little bit higher than uh, Petit Ferrer. So be interested to see how those guys play out uh, during camp.
0: Check him out on social media at FBall Game Plan or Football Game Plan on YouTube. You can always check us out on YouTube, obviously, youtube.com slash Ross Tucker NFL. I'm at Ross Tucker NFL. Pretty much every social platform. Appreciate the follows and absolutely love those of you that follow at Ross Tucker Pods. You can see the highlight clips of the other shows as well. Other than that, the keg is kicked. We're all tapped out.